Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Join me today in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, on the, uh, the Sundays that, of course, that I'm with you, and uh, thank, thank the Lord, they're, they're more, more often than not now. But uh, uh, we've been looking at this subject, the importance of continuing. The importance of continuing. The Lord's had us going back and forth from living out of your spirit, the importance of living out of your spirit, uh, the importance of continuing. And uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul, of course, is writing to Timothy. Timothy's the pastor of the local church there in Ephesus. And Paul's writing to Timothy, and he's encouraging him. When you read through, uh, uh, especially 2 Timothy, Paul's encouraging Timothy. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy has a real light, real uh, light feel to it. 2 Timothy is a little, a little heavier because things have changed. From 1 Timothy to 2 Timothy, things have changed. Uh, 1 Timothy, Timothy wasn't experiencing any persecution. The church was growing. Uh, I heard Rick Renner say one time that, according to his research, the church at Ephesus had over 25,000 people in it, and Timothy pastored that church. And every Sunday, if you know, we want to say it in our terms, every Sunday morning when he took the pulpit, Jesus' mother and uh, John was sitting on the front row, so no pressure there. <laughs> but the, the, the point that I'm making is by the time 2 Timothy rolls around, the leadership in Rome has changed, uh, uh, the, the Caesar has changed, and now pressure's on the church because there's persecution. And Timothy started pastoring when he was a young man, all right? He, he wasn't mature in natural age. He went with Paul when he was barely over a teenager, and now he's pastoring this church. He's somewhere in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, and the pressure is on. All right, people are abandoning the church. Leaders are leaving because there's persecution. And I, I go through all that introduction to say, so when Paul begins to write Timothy in chapter 3, he's telling him there are some things going on, and not only are they going to go on, it might get worse. But I want to tell you what to do about that. All right? If, if there's something that I see sometimes, not, not necessarily in our circles, but just in the church at large, and it's this, is they panic like the world. And you can't ever afford to do that. The church cannot have the same knee-jerk reaction that the world has to things. When, when, when things go a little crooked in the world, they just want to throw their hands up and say, my Lord, what are we going to do? And I've, I've heard people that, that, that are Christians, that are good people, but to hear them talk, it's hopeless. There's no hope. What are we going to do? Uh, everything's going wrong. Listen, I say this all the time. In the midst of some of the greatest persecution ever, the church has always thrived. The church has always overcome. Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock of the revealed knowledge of who I am, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in politics. It doesn't matter what's going on in the entertainment industry. The church is the hope of the world. The church cannot be stopped. The church cannot be defeated. The church cannot be turned back because we are the vehicle of change in the world. Amen. Glory be to God. I've got to keep my focus on finishing. Amen. Continuing. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, this know also in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, this is not what I'm preaching on, teaching on. I just want to give us a good introduction of why Paul says what he says. One translation says, in the last days, there'll come times of stress. Right? Amen. And, and you know, they're here. But the Bible told us it was going to happen. 
Amen. Notice now, verse 2. For men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Woo! See, that right there makes you want to stay thankful. Because he says these kind of people are going to be unthankful. I want to be thankful. Just say out loud, I'm thankful. Oh, hallelujah. Notice, (laughs) without natural affection, truce breakers, false false accusers, incontinent, so no self-control. So every, every time you see all of this is going on in the world, people will say, how is it that people can think that way? Do you know how debased the human mind can become if it's not renewed with the Word of God? Amen. The Bible says the eyes of man are never full. I've learned something over the years. I've learned something over the years that when you start doing something, anybody, for instance, anybody in here that started, that's ever had addiction in your life, whatever that addiction was, if you became addicted to cocaine, you didn't start with cocaine. You started with something else. Something had to be the gateway. Well, what happened? Eventually, that wasn't enough. And so you had to go to something else. Then that wasn't enough. Then you had to go to something else. No self-control. That, that's the human mind without the without the the undergirding of the word. And so when you see people thinking certain ways and you see people with their wrong gender ideology, we'll say it that way, a nice way to say it, you, people say, how could people think that way? No self-control. Letting their mind think whatever they want to think. Amen. And Paul said that was going to happen. No self-control. Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Oh, turn away from them. Do you see that? Now, verse 8, notice what it says. This is so important. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the truth. Oh, glory to God. They, but notice, they shall proceed no further. Is that what it says? Because their folly will be made manifest to all men as theirs also was. Janus and Jambres withstood Moses in the court of Pharaoh And what we see from history is that miracle for miracle, they matched it. Every miracle they matched. Moses threw his rod down. Finally, that is is the one that we see in the Word. It was the last one. He threw his rod down on the ground. It became a snake. They said, no big deal. They threw their rods down. They became snakes. But Moses' snake swallowed them up. So notice what it says. It says their folly will be made manifest just like theirs was. Do you see? This is why the Bible tells you and I not to fret ourselves because of evildoers. Because it will show up. There are things coming. I'm not just talking politically. There are things that are coming out every day. Every day it's coming out that this was a lie or this was wrong or this was incorrect, Right? It's going to be made manifest because the truth will always prevail. It will always win over. You are standing on the truth. The truth always wins. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what the circumstance may be. The truth will always come out on the winning side because here's the issue. A lie cannot stand because a lie is not built on anything. It has no foundation. The truth is built on the foundation of the Word of God. What you and I believe was spoken by God Himself, founded by God Himself, put into operation by God Himself. And He said, where my Word is concerned, He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. He said, my kingdom will be moved. My literal throne will be moved before my Word passes away. Glory to God. The word that we believe is directly connected to the throne of God. Everything behind the word is God's throne. 
Glory. It cannot fail. Tell your neighbor, the word cannot fail. Oh, hallelujah. Notice, not will, not would not, won't, cannot, cannot fail. Oh, glory. Then verse 14, notice after he tells him all this is going on, he starts off in verse 14 with the word but. That's a very anointed word. But. In other words, I know all this is going on, but. I know you're facing some things, but. Don't, don't you like that? Somebody will say, you know what? I was going through a challenge this week, but. You're about to hear the victory. You're about to hear what happened. Amen. I went through some things, but I'm here. I got the victory. God did what he said he would do. You know, I went to the doctor and I got a bad report, but. But. Here, here I am today and I don't have that report anymore. Because the word's true. Notice, he says, all this is going on, but you continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of. Notice this, knowing of who you learn them. From a child, you've known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise in salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. When I was re- As I've been reading this over and over again, I keep, this keeps coming up to me. He says, continue in what you've learned and stay with the people you learned them from. That's important. That's important. I remember when the seeker-friendly push was really on. And, of course, this would have been, oh, I don't know, a number of years ago, 15, 18 years ago, something, 20 maybe, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I was seeing all these changes and things going on in the church. And, and you know, you got to remember, I was born in church. I was literally almost born in church. My mother went into labor while she was preaching with me. And that's why I'm more anointed than my sister is, is because <laughs> I'm joking. But in any event, my point is, so, so from the time I could walk, talk, by the time I could, I was breathing, I was in church. And so I was raised in church. I was raised Pentecostal. And, and, you know, we were raised with a, a sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. We were raised to being sensitive to the things of God. Here's my point. And so I began to see all these drastic changes in the church. And I started seeing people doing different things. And, you know, I'm like Lester Summerall. Lord, don't do anything on the earth what time I'm here that I'm not right in the middle of it. You know, if, if this is a move of God, if this is something that you're doing, and I'm not saying all that was bad. I'm just saying this is what was happening. And I asked the Lord. I went to him. I said, Lord, what do I do? Because if this is what you want us to do, I want to be right in the middle of that. I mean, Lord, if, if you don't want ties and you want preachers in T-shirts and jeans, I'm, I'm all in. All right? And I'll never forget what the Lord said to me. He said to me, you preach the pure word of faith in the manner that you learned it, and you stay with your fathers, and you'll stay safe. That's what he said. You preach the pure word of faith in the manner that you learned it, and you stay with your fathers, and you'll stay safe. What, what is that saying? Continue in the things that you've learned and stay with the people you learned them from. That's important. Stay, stay with the people that you've learned them from. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, in spite of what's going on, the answer is to continue in the things you've learned. Stay with those things. Stay there. Remain there. Hallelujah. The Lord said to me, he said, you cannot expect to listen to the same things the world listens to and not to begin to think like the world. And then he said, and if you start thinking like the world, you'll start acting like the world. And that's not just talking about sin. That's not just immorality. That's the way the world thinks. The doubt, the fear, the unbelief. If you listen to the same things the world listens to, you're going to start acting like the world. You know, you can be saved and act like the world. You shouldn't be, but you can be. But he says you continue in this. See, that's continuing. You stay with what you've learned and stay with those you learned it from. That's continuing. That's continuing. 
Glory be to God. Everything that you've learned over the years, everything that you've learned, especially in, in, our, in our Word of Faith circles, everything that you've learned, the power that changed you in the beginning still resides in what you learned all those years ago. Amen. Still resides there. Amen. That, that's why you've got to always be cautious that you're, that you're not allowing those things to become old hat, that you're not allowing those things, you're not allowing yourself to become familiar with it. When I start hearing the, the statement that I have a covenant with God that God himself instituted, that still impacts my spirit and my heart the way it did all those years ago when I heard it. Because when I heard that, I knew God loved me. I'd been in church all my life. My parents were ministers all of their life. I, I knew the word of God, but nobody had ever told me I had a covenant with God. Nobody had ever told me that I had something that I could base my life upon. And it would change my life every time. And when I hear that, it still has the same effect on me as it did then. My circumstances have changed. I'm not in an emergency circumstance, thank the Lord, anymore. But it still reminds me that if God said, Philip, I need you to do this, there's a covenant of blood back of what he said, and God has his right hand raised, standing in covenant blood, saying, I swear I will do for you what I promised you, and I won't let you down. Amen. Amen. You, got, you got to stay with what you've learned and the people you learned it from. Oh, glory be to God. Look at Proverbs 24. Am I helping you? Yes, sir. Proverbs 24. And um, verse 21. Notice this. He says, My son, fear the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. The Young's literal says, Fear Jehovah, my son, and the king. With changers, mix not up yourself. Mm. Now, listen, th this is what this is referring to. Now, I know change is uh, 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 important because of growth. But what this is talking about is it's referring to people who think one way today and think differently tomorrow. He said, don't get mixed up with them. Don't get mixed up with them. Well, why? Because it'll cause a problem. Because to become proficient in anything, you got to continue in it. You got to stay with it. I heard Brother Moore say something one time. He said, he said somebody said, uh, well, you know, I tried that faith stuff, and it didn't work. And he said, no, I said, I said to him, I said, no, it tried you. And you didn't work. Faith is not obviously something that you try. It's a lifestyle. The just live by faith. The just walk by faith. Now, my point in, in saying that, that's not the focus of my message, but to be proficient in something, you got to continue in it. You got to stay with it. Amen. You can call it whatever you want, working the word, staying with the word. You got to stay with it. Amen. Hallelujah. The key to being able to continue is maturity. We've been talking about that. Children go from one thing to another. They have to be taught to stay with things. Got to be taught to stay with it. That's, that's part of, of raising a child. Teach them to finish a job. Stay with it until you're done. Is that right? Well, what's a child wondering? Listen, listen, I, I, I've got a, a six-year-old at home. Uh, all y'all know her. And, and this past week, we had a three-year-old, our, our youngest granddaughter. No, second youngest granddaughter. We got one younger. But here's the point. Three years old. How about a three-minute attention span? I want to do this. And you, and you pull out the craft stuff. I'm done. And now they're over here. By the time you get that cleaned up, you got to clean. You understand what I'm saying? And it's wonderful when they start maturing that their attention can be longer on something right? But they have to be taught to stay with it. You know, when you started coming to the local church, you had to be taught to stay with the things of God. You had to be taught to stay with the Word. 
Amen. When you came and you heard the revelation of whatever it was that you needed, and you heard that revelation, wow, praise God, God wants to do that with me. But you got to continue in it. You got to stay with it. The picture of that continuing is the man that becomes like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And people say, that's what I want to be. I want to be that kind of man. Well, the key there is meditating in the word night and day, staying with the word. That has become your meditation. Amen. If you get up tomorrow and the circumstance doesn't appear like it's any different, what do you do? You go right back to what you were meditating on and you put it in your eyes, you get it in your heart, you speak it out of your mouth, and you continue with that. Is that right? And then what begins to happen? Then you become that tree planted by the river of water that brings forth fruit in its season. It cannot be moved because you've been meditating, continuing in the Word night and day. Amen. Hallelujah. And you don't, you don't meddle with people that are always changing. I had a young man one time that came to the church, and man, he came to church, God just radically transformed his life, radically transformed his life, and uh, uh, actually, I had two, two stories that come to my mind, but my point is, is he came to me one time, and he said, uh, and he'd been there six, eight months, a year, or something like that, and he came to me one time, and he said, you know, he said, what do you do about all the people that talk ugly about all the people that you're feeding from? I said, I don't listen. And he said, well, you know, I'm online and I've been searching and, you know, there are bad things said about this, brother, and bad things said about this. I said, why are you, why are you, why are you reading it? And he just kind of looked at me. I said, when you came here, did you have anything? No. Was your life a wreck? Yes. I said, and we've been teaching you from the Word of God and what's happened? Everything turned around. Then why would you listen to somebody that's saying what turned your life around and turned everything around is wrong? Why would you pay attention to that? See, my thinking is, I see the effects of it. There are people, believers in churches all around the city and all around the state and all around the nation today that they're going and they're hearing a word preached to them and they don't know if it works or not. Because they've never applied it to their life. And they've never been taught to apply it to their life. When you come to a church that's preaching the Word of God and preaching the things of the Word of God, it becomes your responsibility to take what you're hearing and apply it to your life and see that your life changes. And if you'll just continue in it, it, you will get the results that the Word promised. You can look at everybody else, and we hear all the stories, all the men and women that we respect, where they started before they got a hold of the Word of God. And then they got a hold of the Word of God, and you can see the fruit of it in their lives. But here's the issue. There's no substitute. Brother Hagin used to say the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And when you get a hold of the Word of God for yourself, and you start applying it to your life, and you see change, you'll want to continue in it because that's the answer. And it never changes. I like not having to relearn things. Don't you? I like that. I, I, I like my company. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 4 that then when they went through a challenge, they went to their own company. And they all lifted up their voice. And what happened? The power of God showed up. God moved in their situation. Amen. You're sitting beside somebody today that they will spur you on to continue. If you're going through a situation or a circumstance, just look at them and say, I need some faith help. Speak faith to me. And they'll spur you on. They'll poke you. They'll help you make it. Amen. When I was growing up in West Texas, of course, I worked, I worked on a, a ranch growing up. And we'd process cattle. We had to bring them in and, and vaccinate them, do it, and, and massive thousands a, a day during the season. And uh, uh, some of y'all may have used one of these devices called a cattle prod. And, uh, and uh, we called it a hot shot. And you'd hit the button, and you'd go, mer, mer. if the battery's real good, and if it wasn't real good, it was a little lower than that. But man, when that, when that calf wouldn't move, you just put that cattle prod under its tail and hit the button, whoom, it moved. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. And sometimes it was evident, and it's gone. That, that's how it is when you come to a faith church that, that's teaching you how to continue. Amen. Amen. You don't feel like you can make it, and somebody will come along with a faith pride, and, and you're going you're gonna to make it because we're going to help you continue. You're not on your own. You're not by yourself. It's the household of faith. It's those of like precious faith. You're going to make it. You're going to make it because you're going to continue. That, that's maturity. That's maturity. I say that's maturity. He said don't, don't get mixed up with, with those that constantly change. I knew a person one time, and they would say, well, this is what the Lord told me to do. And then six months, well, this is what the Lord told me to do. And then a month later, well, now, now, this is what the Lord told me to do. Well, in those situations, you've got one of two options. You can either say, number one, you missed it, and you were wrong, or you didn't hear from God in the first place. But if you keep changing, you're never going to grow. Oh, Lord. And when you come to a local church, there will come a Sunday or a Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Monday night prayer, whatever it may be. There will come a time when the Word will hit you right where you live. And then you got the choice right there. Am I going to continue or am I going to go somewhere else? Am I going to do something else? Let me help you. Continue. Am I helping you this morning? Look, look, look at Ephesians 4. We call it God putting his finger in your cereal bowl. Oh, glory. Ephesians four fifteen. Notice what it says. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. One translation says, and you should grow up in every part to the measure of his growth. Corny bear. So what does this tell us? Christ is not only our example, his maturity is our aim. So he's not just my example. His maturity is what I'm shooting for. That I grow up into him, every part to the measure of his growth. Because the goal of the Christian life is maturity. The goal of the Christian life is to grow up into Christ. Paul wrote, you don't have to turn there, you can write it down. Paul wrote in Colossians 1.28, he said the job of the minister, the job of the pastor, the job of the one preaching the word was to be able to present men mature to Christ. One translation says to present them fully grown. Fully grown. Well, you, you cannot help someone mature if they won't continue. Amen. They have to continue. In uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Paul said, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And I know he went on and talked about how he thought it not robbery to be equal with God and, and, and uh, uh, humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, and wherefore God's highly exalted him, given him a name that's above every name. But here's what I want you to, to, to latch on to. Let this mind, his thinking, that was in Christ, be in you. So I have to stop there and say, how did he think? If I want that mind to be in me, Paul shows me a little snippet of how he thought. But there's got to be indications of how did he think. Because if I can think like him, I can do what he did. Right? The maturity of Christ is our aim, and the attitude of Christ is our aim. So what attitude showed his maturity? Because Philip's translation says, let Christ Jesus be your example as to what your attitude should be. All right? Look at John 4. John chapter 4. You're such a good church. Such a strong church. Such a 
wealthy church. Glory to God. Such a healed church. Amen. God's good to us. John 4, 34. This is when Jesus was at the well in Samaria. And notice they came to him, and they were, they were wanting him to eat. And Jesus said in verse 34, My meat, my sustenance, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Now notice that. Notice the maturity. His will and his work. His will and his work. You know how you can define, you know how you can recognize immaturity in a person? It's all about them. Hallelujah. Remember, I, I shared this with you the other day, the, the other service. When a baby's born, it's all about them. I'm wet. I'm hungry. Right? I want something, it's all about me. I don't care who I wake up. That baby don't care if they wake you up. You're sleeping sound. You got to get up early. That baby don't care. They will wake you up for whatever reason, right? Well, hopefully as that child grows, they quit doing that because they're maturing. Is that right? It's not all about them. They have to recognize that. Jesus said, notice, they want him to eat, and he says, wait a minute. My food is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. Amen. Whose work? His work. His will and his work. Glory to God. I was recently in camp meeting in Marietta, California, at Fresh Oil Fellowship with Pastor Nancy, and uh, she uh, ministered the first two services, and then uh, Brother Jerry, or Brother Jesse, Brother Jerry, and Bill Winston ministered the rest of the week. But she made a statement. She was ministering, and she made a statement along these lines that just imprinted my spirit. And she said, wanting your own can be very dangerous. Wanting your own can be very dangerous. Hallelujah. You know, whatever God has called you to do, if you stay with what he said, you'll do it. But you can't get, you can't get so anxious to do your own thing that you fail to continue. Is that right? Hallelujah. You know, God calls people to people. God calls people to we, we say churches, God really calls people to pastors. If, if God called you here, he called me to be your pastor. And he didn't just call you to a building or a church, he called you to a pastor. God hooks people up to people. I remember when I was sitting in the minister's conference, and, and I already knew my pastor, had known him for a number of years. We've been on, on a, a VTN since 2010, so all those years. We'd, we, I'd known him when I would come to town to record. Uh, he would, we would go out to lunch, and, and we would go to Agape on Wednesday evenings, and, and, and it was just a wonderful time. But I, I remember when he, was sit, when he was ministering, and he was ministering on a higher standard in the minister's conference. And I was sitting there uh, a, a few rows back, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to follow his faith, and I want you to do it now. And he said, as I was and am with Happy Call, well, I'll be with you. What was my part? Follow his faith. Is that right? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take all the time to tell all the story, but I, I begin to tell him, told him what the Lord said. He, he received that. Amen. And we've been, we've been following his faith as our pastor, our spiritual father, ever since that day. But the day, the day came, I did not know he was going to transition his church. We, we were helping him ever how we could, but I didn't know that. And he was sitting, standing in, in our office, sitting in our office in the Kansas location with a, a, a snowstorm going on outside. And we were getting ready to get him back to the airport. And he said, you know, with, with transitioning the church, I'm going to be traveling some more. 
And my wife just asked the question. She said, Pastor, who's going to help you in your travels? And he looked at us and said, well, nobody. We don't have anybody to help us. And the Lord spoke to both of us and said, that's your job. That's your job. That's your job. That's part of following. I said, that's part of following and continuing in what God said. Amen. Are, are you following me? Because, because when, when, when you continue in what God told you to do, it, 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 if I could say it this way, it brings another level of uh, dependability to you in the eyes of God. Amen. So important. Because our attitude, his attitude was, I'm going to do the will of the Father and finish that. I'm going to do the will of the Father and finish that. That's continuing. I'm going to take this and I'm going to go with that. I'm going to continue this. Amen. You're maturing when you're determined to continue. When a believer quits, it's because they're focused on the present challenge or they're focused on the present circumstance, or they're focused on something that is presently going on. That's an immature attitude. To continue means you're focused on the end result. You're focused on the end of the thing, not the present circumstance. Do you see that? What you're, what you're going through will change. You can't stop in the middle of the challenge because it will change. Because the word's working. Amen. Listen, I remember the day, one of the people that, that I got so much revelation out from uh, where financial victory was concerned, I remember the day they came out and they said, everything I've taught about this financial situation, don't, don't believe it anymore because it's all wrong. And what they had taught changed my life. But here's my point. I didn't stop believing it. I just continued with it. I just continued with it. I, I have some notes from my pastor from 1982. And I told him one time, he was ministering in the church. I said, Pastor, I've got notes from you. You ministered that in 1982. You know what year it is? 1982. That's continuing. Is that right? When, 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 when you continue in the things of God, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. You're going to continue. See, immature people are moved by what everybody else does. You're mature. You're not moved by what everybody else does. You, you stay with what you know the Word of God has to say. Glory be to God. Look, look, look at Hebrews 12. I told my wife, I said, when I'm, the Lord's helping me with these messages, I said, sometimes they seem very elementary. But this is the key. Amen. If you won't continue, there's two things. God can't give you more because you won't continue. And you can't move into more because you won't continue. You just have to stay with it. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, there's a couple things I want you to see here. Number one, patience is a sign of maturity. Run the race with patience, with patience. And in that word patience, inside that word patience, are all those meanings of determination, steadfastness, endurance. All of those are maturity, to be steadfast. Amen. To be determined. That's all a sign of maturity. Run the race with patience. Patience is a sign of maturity. You know, a little child is not immature because they're a bad child, they're immature because they don't have much backlog to draw from. 
They don't have much experience. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why you get stuck in traffic and you know it's okay. You don't get impatient, right? Because you know it's, it's going to open up. You're on a trip, and you, and you realize, we, Pastor Michelle was bringing our, our three-year-old back, a uh, three-year-old granddaughter back from Kansas, and, th- and they got to a certain point, and Natasha, from the, back, from the back seat, she said, Nene, stop this car right now. I just had enough. <laughs> well, they're 50 miles into the trip. It's 316 miles. Hallelujah. We look at it and we think six hours isn't that bad. Good stretch of the legs. She looks at six hours and thinks, oh, oh. Not mature. Stop this car right now. Patience. And remember, patience is not just waiting. Patience is how you wait. It's how you wait. It's how you wait. Faith and patience. He said, we got to run the race. What does that mean? You have a race that you're running, and you got to do it with patience. That's continuing. That's being steadfast. That's being determined. Amen. That's endurance. And notice that Jesus endured by focusing on the joy at the end. He endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. Remember, immaturity focuses on the present situation, not on the end result. Amen. I've had people come talk to me before, and they'll say, Pastor, I'm really, I'm really under pressure, and I'm working the word, but boy, I'm really under the pressure. Get the focus off the pressure. What's the promise? What's the end result of the promise? The word's dealing with the pressure. The Word's working with the pressure. The pressure's not on you, it's on the Word. Not on you. You gotta take the pressure off you and get it over on the Word. When you're holding the shield of faith up, you can hear every fiery dart that's hitting that shield, but it's hitting the shield and it's being put out. It's not touching you. You can hear it. You can see it. Is that right? But the pressure's not on you. Your faith's taking care of it. The pressure's on the Word. The Word of God is what is living and active, sharper than every two-edged sword. The Word of God is what God said will go forth out of my mouth and will not return void, but it will accomplish the thing that I sent it to do. Jeremiah said, my Word is like a fire that consumes all the, all the, all the chaff and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Every time you take the Word of God and you strike that situation, that situation is compromised. It's weaker today than it was yesterday, and tomorrow it'll be weaker than it was today, and eventually you'll get up and that mountain will be moved because the Word's working. But you got to continue with the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Charles Caps, you say, he said, you know, you'll speak to the mountain and go to bed and get up in the morning and look out your kitchen window and it's still there. And he said, and you'll speak the word and then you'll get up and go look out the window in the morning and it's still there. He said, one day you're going to get up and go look and it's going to be gone. And he said, people will say, well, what happened? He'll say, the word hollowed it out from the inside. Amen. The word went into that mountain, hollowed it out from the inside, and, and wiped it out. You got to continue in that. Am I helping you? That's why you continually declare what God said. That's why you still fill your heart with the word of God and speak it out of your mouth. That's why if we go in your bathroom, there's still confessions on your mirror because you're continuing in what you have learned. There's no ever, there's no substitute for getting in the Word of God and putting it in your heart and letting it come out of your mouth. Putting it in your heart and letting it come out of your mouth. Listen, what you've always done is what you're always going to do. What you've always declared is what you're always going to declare. Don't change. Continue in that. Amen? Woo, glory. I got two more verses for you. Look at Luke 14. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. 
And you, you, you'll have people say, I've had people say, well, I know how you are. You're one of them positive people as opposed to negative people. Yes. Amen. You, you just have to continue in it. Think about that. You just have to continue in Everything you have, God did. Everything that, that you've been blessed with, God did it through his word. Every healing you've ever had in your body, God did it through his word. Why would you not want to continue in that? Amen. So that means you're going to get up in the morning and put the word in your heart and get it out of coming out of your mouth because that's what you do. You continue in that. Luke 14, 28. Jesus said, which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he have sufficient to notice finish, to finish. That's not merely money. You have to decide if you have the spiritual strength to finish what God's asked you to do. I got I to gotta sit down and say, what's it going to take to do this and just stay with it? Just stay with it. I remember when the Lord, when the Lord asked us to, 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 to start the second location. Of course, Little Rock was the second location. And I am a very, my father was an evangelist. My dad evangelized for almost 60 years uh, before he went to heaven. And I never had an affinity for traveling. I still don't have an affinity for traveling. I mean, I, I, I mean uh, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The Lord's helped me with it, and, and, it's, and I enjoy it because I'm doing what God told me to do. But you look up homebody in the dictionary, I'm there, all right? Uh, uh, I, I, I will have people, uh, they'll, they'll call and ask me to come to foreign nations. I don't have to pray much. I just don't. I mean, I've been, I, I'm, I'm grateful. We've seen wonderful miracles and things in, in West Africa and the Philippines and, and Ecuador. And I would go in a minute if the Lord led me to go. But if, if you just call and say, hey, I'd like you to come to the Philippines. Well, I mean, I don't have to pray about that much. Because I'm a pastor. That's not, that's not what I'm called to do. I mean, I'll go if the Lord leads me, but I'm, I'm called to y'all. That, that's my job. And, but but yeah, here's the thing. So when the Lord started saying, I want you to, to, to pastor two locations, and right? And he didn't say raise up somebody and let them pastor this one and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, then I knew it's going to be traveling. And I'm going to be real honest with you. I know you've never done this. I drug my feet. <laughs> Pastor Michelle was all in. And she was, she was ready to go. And so, you know, I was like, okay, you, you okay? And I let her go. <laughs> and one day I was running. I was, I, 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 I'm, I'm a runner. And I, I was running by this, this uh, house in Olathe. And I just looked at that house and I said, Lord, that's, that's a nice house. And uh, I said, I like that color, just talking to the Lord. And boy, you know how the Lord, he didn't, there wasn't any small talk. There wasn't any how you doing. He just said to me, he said, well, you're supposed to be in Little Rock anyway. That was kind of like one of those things that he didn't say it, but you're behind and you need to get busy. You understand? Well, I went home and we made the arrangements. And within a month, we were here. Well, here's, here's the point. Here's the point. Now's the continuing. You just got to continue in what God asks you to do. There, there takes a spiritual strength to just do what God's asked you to do. Amen. The last verse, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. This is a familiar verse, but I, I want you to see something here because... Uh, Continuing. Philippians 2 and 13. Notice what it says. It is God which worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. One translation says, the Weymouth translation says, it is God himself whose power creates within you both the desire and the power to execute his gracious will. So God creates within you the desire and the power to do what he's asked you to do in, in whatever area. Listen, when I say whatever God's asked you to do, I don't just mean 
as far as a ministry. That may or, a ministry call may or may not be on your life. But God creates in you the desire for his word and the power to see it happen. So God creates both the desire and the power to continue. To continue. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? If, if you never want to miss out on anything that God wants for your life, just learn to continue. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. When you're running, when you're running a marathon, marathon is 26.2 miles. When you're running a marathon, you have to get over in this mindset that I, I, just ha- I just have to put another foot in front of the other one. And when you're at the starting line of a 26.2-mile race, you don't think about the 15th mile when you haven't ran the first mile. I've had people say, how do you run a marathon? One mile at a time. And then before you know it, you just continued. And you get there, and you're like, that was three hours and 40 minutes or whatever, 26.2 miles. You're like, boy, I did it. And and when, when you cross the finish line, it's like all that energy comes back, all right? Because you just continued. Yeah. People that continue do not have DNF by their name. That stands for did not finish. If you will continue, you may not cross the finish line the same time everybody else does, but you will get across the finish line. You will get there. And it doesn't matter what it is. Hallelujah. Because, in, in, listen, in the day and age that we live in, people are quitting left and right. They're quitting left and right. I know preachers that are not in the ministry anymore. I know preachers that are not doing what they used to do where the Word of God's concerned. And I'll tell you why. Because they just don't continue. You just have to keep going. That's the sign of maturity. And I'm not saying that like in, in the religious uh, idea. Oh, you just got to slug through the slog through the dirt and the mud, and somehow you'll get there in some way. Somehow, Jesus will bring you. Ah! <laughs> no, you came into this a victor. You're a born overcomer because you have the DNA of God on the inside of you. And talking about living out of your spirit, you're created in the God class. God's, God's spirit dwells in your spirit. Amen. You're, you're, you're going to overcome everything that you may be dealing with if you'll just continue. Amen. Just get up in the morning and go after it again. Amen. Because we're growing up in the things of God. Amen. So God creates both the desire and the power to continue on the inside of you. Say that out loud right now. Say, I have the power of God inside of me that has created the desire and the ability to do what he's asked me to do in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me this morning real quickly?